Yo, it's the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. There's deep into the night. And a two-run homer for Baez. And there it goes. Abreu massacres this ball to left center field. Donna goes in motion left. Snap it to Michelle. He's running to the left. Angling. 25-20. Got a block for Brock. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. 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 Don't win it. We're headed to Atlanta. Trubisky's going to run it. And he is going to get a first down. With Jonathan Hood, weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Live from Chicago, this is Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app with open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN-332-3776. That's our telephone number. Follow me on Instagram, IGJHood, also on Snapchat, SnapJHood. You follow me on Snapchat, I will follow you back, guaranteed, as we broadcast live from our first Midwest Bank Studios. Strong, trusted, First Midwest Bank. On the program tonight, we'll have an Rock Nation NFL Roundtable. Two special guests about what's going on with the relationship between Jay-Z and the NFL. We'll get to that coming up at the bottom of the hour right here on ESPN 1000. Also, we'll have the Summer of Football, our celebration of the great game of football. We'll hear from someone that should be in the NFL Hall of Fame, Chicago's own, Illinois' own, Buccaneers' own, Simeon Rice will be on the program Coming up at 810 right here on ESPN 1000 for the summer of football. We get his thoughts about the upcoming NFL season. Also, we'll talk to David Schoenfeld, a friend of the program, covers the Cubs, the White Sox, everything else, MLB. We'll talk to him after the Cubs and Phillies game is over. We'll have him on about a little bit after 9 o'clock. And, of course, oh, my, let me tell you right now, if, if it's Thursday, if it's August 15th, you know what this means, right? You know what, I mean, you know what it means. It's Thursday. And means it's throwback Thursday. Indeed, throwback Thursday at 930, always right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Plenty of time for your thoughts as well. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Hope that you enjoy your Thursday night. We keep you company until 10 o'clock. Then it is Dan Levitard and Stu Gatz right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Want to get into a number of things before we have our, our roundtable trying to really delve into what's going on with the relationship between Jay-Z and uh, Roger Goodell in the National Football League. Let me start here. I saw something uh, regarding Mitch Trubisky that I want to pass along to you. And also we're going to hear from uh, the head coach for the Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy. He had a lot of things to say about the offense. So we'll get to that here this half hour here on ESPN 1000. So I know what you may be thinking, right? You just can't wait for the bell to ring when the Bears take on the Packers for the first game of the regular season. You just can't wait for it, right? These 
exhibition games that we're seeing here and that we're reading about and all these reports about the Bears, these are just teasers, right? They're just teasers. They're just teasing you until we get into the regular season. I mentioned earlier this week, and I still stand by it, that there is value of the preseason for those that want to just get their flames stoked when it comes to the NFL. Just to see the guys on the field. May not be all the starters, may not be everything you want, but the idea that you turn it on and you're like, oh, there's football. No, it's not competitive football all the way across the board every quarter with all of the starters, but it's just guys out there in a really big-time glorified practice in front of a whole bunch of fans because, again, it just gets people started. It gets people going, letting people know that, hey, the NFL is right around the corner. So I don't have a problem with it. I know I was going through my timeline on Facebook, facebook.com, Jonathan Hood, and I asked people about the Bears and – they say, you know, I'm not interested. Some said I'm not interested until we get to the regular season. And I would tell you that I think it's interesting right now. Because what we're looking at right now with the Bears, all the reports we get from Jeff Dickerson, from Dan Wiederer, from others that cover the Bears, what we're finding out is just the mentality that the Bears have coming into this season. You remember last year, there was a lot of things that was left on the table, a lot of money left on the table for the Bears last year. And in the National Football League, where you just don't know what tomorrow brings, you really don't. You're one injury away from being 5-11. and 11. <laughs> you, really, you really don't know. And that could be to any key player across this league. This league is so 8-8, eight eight, it's not even funny. Everybody's 8-8 eight eight to me in the NFL. But it's just some of those teams that know what to do with their 8-8. Eight eight. Like, okay, how can we get away from 500? Well, we're going to draft well. We're going to have quality players. We'll build on the roster that we have. And we'll, we're better than 8-8. Eight eight. Everybody else, to me, just seems average to a tick below average. But when I see the Bears and how they were just that close to be able to extend themselves in the playoffs, there's still things that you wonder about. And one of them, obviously, has got to be Mitch Trubisky, right, the quarterback. I remember us going through the quarterback tiers, and Mike Sando always does a great job with that every summer, getting our conversations started when it comes to the quarterback tiers. And going through the list of quarterback tiers, who's in the first tier, who's in the second tier, and moving forward, what I realized is that, boy, this NFL, when it comes to quarterback play, not bad. Not bad at all. You got some young guys that still have some work to do, but not necessarily busts yet. Look at the NFL. Look at the starters. You don't have horrible quarterbacks. You have veterans that got something proved, like Joe Flacco. You know, you've got young quarterbacks like Kyler Murray, already run the RPO in, in preseason. Saw that in the Arizona game, uh, and you've got veterans that are trying to prove themselves again. So it's, I think, the league for once is in a really good spot when it comes to quarterback play. Now there's Mitch Trubisky, right? So the. Thought process on Mitch Trubisky is kind of mixed across the NFL landscape as we talk about the Bears and Mitch Trubisky with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So, listen, I saw this piece from Shiel Kapadia from TheAthletic.com, and the piece is entitled An Analytic Deep Dive into What Exactly the Bears Have in Quarterback Mitch Trubisky. So I, I went through the column, and he went, point by point on certain things that are really good about Trubisky and some things you have to work on. See, the one thing that we will not say, at least not on this program, is that Trubisky is, his trajectory is going toward being a bust because that's not the case. I know what a bad quarterback looks like. Just turn on, um, turn on a hard knocks. I'll, tell, I'll, I'll, I'll show you who a bust is, okay? 
And now I'm not talking about Derek Carr. Just watch Hard Knocks and you'll know what I'm talking about. But nonetheless, the following two things about the 2019 Bears are true. They are a talented team and, again, have a good shot to win it. NFC North. And number two, their path to a division title is unlikely to look the same as it did in 2018. So the obvious thing when we talk about the Bears is how strong their defense is. I'm one to believe that the defense will not have major slippage. I think that they'll be fine. They were the fourth healthiest defense in the league last year. They produced takeaways on a league-high 19.1% of their opponent's drives. But then, besides the defense, you scroll through the article and he talks about Mitch Trubisky. He says that on film, one area where Trubisky can improve is ball placement. Yes, I would agree with that. But it's one thing to say, you know, Trubisky's got to get better. And it's another thing to be able to look at the numbers to prove that fact. I know it's 2019. I can tell you that Trubisky has some things to, to work on. And you'll think I said Trubisky should be MVP in 2019. I know. I know. But I'm going to say it anyway. Hopefully, this will connect with some people. <laughs> because if I tell you that Mitch Trubisky is going in the right direction, you'll say Hood said he's a bust. All depends on how it's interpreted. Here's what I see when it comes to this column. Trubisky was not afraid to throw the ball down the field last season. He was eighth in terms of average depth of target. 15.44% of his attempts travel at least 20 yards down the field. That ranks third in the NFL. Numbers can be deceiving, can't they? Because when I watched Mitch Trubisky and saw how sometimes he kind of checked it down, didn't see an open receiver and kind of ran with the football, he actually was third in that category. Again, you talk about the your thumb up when it comes to Trubisky, things he can work on. That's a, that's a pretty good number. Compared to a lot of the other prolific quarterbacks in this league, I thought that that number was interesting. Success on those downfield throws, however, was a different story. <laughs> Trubisky completed 32% of those downfield throws. That's 19th among starting quarterbacks. Now think about it. Taking shots down the field is one thing. Positive, right? Trying to connect to the receivers. But when you're only connecting on less than 33% of those downfield throws, which is 19th among starting quarterbacks, that's a problem. Something for him to work on. Positive, and then something for him to work on, all in the same paragraph. As an offense, the Bears produced a completion of 20-plus yards on just 8% of their pass plays. That's 20th in the NFL. That's not good enough. Trubisky has shown that he's good when throwing down in between the seams. His accuracy struggles came when throwing deep down the sidelines. Now, some of this could be corrected by having the right personnel. Trubisky has enough personnel to be able to connect. It's on Trubisky. It's on the offensive line. It's on everybody to connect offensively for that to work. Those numbers just resonate with me when I read this earlier this morning. Because you consider all the top quarterbacks... If you're a fantasy guy, you know all the top quarterbacks. You know in your fantasy draft where Trubisky's going to be drafted, if he's going to be drafted at all. And then you just think about the NFL. If you're an NFL fan, it doesn't matter if you're a big Bears fan or not. Doesn't that, That's not part of the discussion. What we're talking about is Trubisky versus other quarterbacks. Trubisky against himself. Based on charting, Trubisky should have thrown 16 interceptions instead of 12 last year. His adjusted interception rate, according to this piece from TheAthletic.com, his adjusted interception rate of 3.7% ranked 27th out of 34 qualifying quarterbacks. 
On the other hand, Trubisky cut down his fumbles down from 10 as a rookie to 6. See, there's good and bad. There's improvement that's in the numbers that I just quoted to you. But it doesn't necessarily mean that Trubisky's bad or going in the wrong direction. There was some improvement last year. Now can he be able to capitalize on that improvement? Those are the things you think about. Because everything's predicated, my friends, on what the offense does. What kind of offense do you have? This is not 10 years ago where you got to wait 10 years for a quarterback to develop. You know what? One day he's going to be good. Man, you ain't got time. Not in this NFL. Because teams will pass you up. The teams that you think are not as good as the Bears will eventually pass up the Bears if the Bears don't get to the mountaintop first. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Let's move now to Matt Nagy, the head coach for the Chicago Bears. He got a chance to sit down with Mike Greenberg on Get Up this morning. They talked about a number of things regarding the Chicago Bears and the offense. Here's Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy entering his second year with the Bears. Coach, thank you very much for doing this. I, I want to start talking about your offense. I was reading a story recently with the idea that Mitchell Trubisky this year will have the opportunity to be a lot more aggressive in the passing game. What will that look like? Well, I think the uh, the biggest thing, Mike, is just for, for us, we always talk about touchdown, the check down mentality, and, and uh, sometimes as a quarterback, depending on where you come from and your past history, um, you're not always taught that. And I think last year for us getting um, used to this offense, that was a mentality that he did get used to. And we took some shots downfield, which was great. But he was also trying to learn that offense. Now this year, going into year two, he feels a lot more comfortable in maybe understanding when uh, the calculator risk makes sense to take take that downfield shot, and then to check it down to the guys. But he's done a really good job so far in training camp. We're excited uh, for September 5th. So safe to say it might be a little more of a green light this year for your quarterback relative to what we saw a year ago, in which, as I mentioned, he was third in the whole sport in QBR. Yeah, we, we do. We like that. We we, uh, we have a lot of respect for what he's done, his history of playing this position, and just really learning who I am as a coach, how I play call, uh, how I call plays, and the same thing timing-wise with his wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. Just having that library of plays last year is just really helping them, taking them into training camp now, and, and here we are into the preseason. And like I said, just be, being able to give him the keys to the car to, to do his thing and understand that uh, you know when when things get a little bit gray use your athletic ability to make plays with your legs and and when not and and you need to make plays with your arms go ahead and do it all right let's talk about the defense i mentioned led the league in points allowed and, and the key word there was opportunistic created 36 turnovers which was the most in the sport what causes something like that to happen well, number one, it's all about the players. The, the, these players go out there and they just make a lot of plays. But they practice. They practice that stuff, uh, you know, in practice. And they're, you know, we always talk about, you know, taking the ball away. And then once you do take the ball away, you know, make make some production with it. Whether that's you know gaining field position or whether that's scoring touchdowns. And we were really opportunistic last year. These guys love playing defense. Every single period in practice, they're sprinting to the ball. They're touching that football. They're 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 talking. They're communicating. And they make it difficult for us in practice, and I love that about them. I mean, we have a lot of you know savvy veterans that have have experience, and and now learning Coach Chuck's uh, new defense. It's been a lot of fun, and and they're really taking well to it. Now, I want to talk about the value of preseason in general. I've covered the sport for a very long time. It it does feel like there may be a movement right now to significantly shorten the preseason, and I'm hearing people talk about the value of scrimmages and stuff. What do you get out of these preseason games that you feel you could not get without them? Well, Mike, for us in particular, I think every team's a little bit different the more you look into this, and, and we have a lot of uh, 
guys on both sides of the ball that we feel very comfortable with in regards to our starters. And a lot of those positions are, are in place. And so now what we do is we look at the next part. What better way than to get some, some great competition with your twos and your threes and your backups in these games to, to create that, to, to see where you're at depth-wise. And when you're in that position, Ryan Pace has done a phenomenal job with his personnel side of bringing in players that have a lot of talent and, and giving us some, some starters that we know are locked in there. So now what we do is we'll use some of this for our backups to see what do they do against some of these these starters for these opposing teams and and again last night you know we we had a little uh, live uh, mock uh, I should, shouldn't say live but we had a mock practice last night thud and it was really great because we were able to hit all the situations and it was just you know for us being able to more situations we can do the better all right fair enough and then one last thing I have to do this to you we saw some video making the rounds last week of you throwing passes in practice and I guess the question presents itself if push comes to shove do you think you still have a few plays left in you <laughs> you know what I wish but absolutely not I my elbows completely shot I got lucky on that pass it was a heck of a route by Anthony Miller and I'm just I'm happy it was against Prince you know Prince and I have a nice little uh, battle going all, all all training camp and those guys got me last year so I was able to step back up this year so it was a lot of fun uh, coach it's a pleasure to talk to you again good luck as your season gets underway we'll check in with you down the road thanks very much for doing this Thanks, Mike. Take care. There he is. It's Matt Nagy, the head coach for the Chicago Bears, talking to Mike Greenberg on Get Up This Morning as you're listening to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. By the way, shout out to uh, DeMarcus Cousins. Suffered a torn ACL in his left knee, according to his agent, Jeff Schwartz, okay, uh, of XL Sports. Um, and there's no timeline for surgery. Uh, here's a guy here that came off of it, a devastating injury, tried to help the Golden State Warriors win the NBA championship last year, and he's injured again. Oh, God. I feel, I feel bad for him. Guy, he, I think he was born with a scowl on his face because he's so intense. He just wants to help, and he's not been able to get, off the, get out over the hump since leaving the Sacramento Kings. Glad you're with me here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Let me move on to this because we're going to have a roundtable regarding Rock Nation and the NFL. Why is there a relationship between Jay-Z and Roger Goodell? Well, it goes back to Robert Kraft, the uh, owner for the uh, New England Patriots, who developed a relationship with Jay-Z through their mutual efforts to secure the release from prison of Meek Mill and to launch earlier this criminal justice reform organization spearheaded by the effort of connecting Jay-Z to Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL. Now, the conversations began last year. In early January, Kraft and Goodell traveled to Los Angeles to meet Jay-Z after up to five more meetings and other communications. Uh, the partnership was finally finalized. That was from ProFootballTalk.com. There's been a lot of um, conjecture conversations about this. I, I read this in the New York Times talking about in the end, the deal announced Wednesday may lead to a more entertaining Super Bowl. It may also raise a lot more money for groups fighting social injustice that the league is backing through its Inspire Change campaign. But even with all of its resources, the league is probably going to have a hard time shaking the Colin Kaepernick question. That's from the New York Times. Some other thoughts about this as well from Jamel Hill from the Atlantic.com. Jamel says that the, fi the financial arrangements have not been made public between uh, Roger Goodell and Jay-Z. But whatever the numbers, the NFL's new partnership with Jay-Z is a huge win for the league. Some of the biggest celebrities in the world 
have voiced their support of Colin Kaepernick, saying that they would boycott the NFL until Kaepernick is back in the league. Now that the NFL has Jay-Z's blessing, it's conceivable that some of those entertainers who distance themselves from the NFL might change their mind. And then this from Playboy.com. Dennis uh, wrote this. um, David Dennis wrote this from Playboy.com. It says the benefit of the Jay-Z collaboration is clear for the NFL. They get credibility from a major African-American figure, which they desperately needed in the wake of the Kaepernick cloud hovering over them. Uh, they gain the, the appearance of wanting to address social justice, and they get the buzz of having Jay-Z breathe life into their Super Bowl halftime shows. Interesting um, commentary, as I read earlier today, about how some looked at this new relationship between Roger Goodell and Jay-Z. Let's hear from Jay-Z and get his thoughts on the, the, the dynamic of dealing with the NFL and, of course, the big elephant in the room, Colin Kaepernick. Listen. I think the biggest issue people have is they want to know how you could partner with a league on social justice when Colin Kaepernick, who brought it to the attention of the masses by peacefully protesting against social injustice, is still out of a job. Yeah, that's a great question. I think that, um, uh, I think we take it back. I think that we, we forget that Colin's whole thing was to bring attention to social injustice, correct? So, uh, in that in that case, right, this is a success, right? This is the, the next thing, right? Because there's two parts of protesting. You go outside and you protest, and then the company or the individual say, I hear you. What do we do next? Right? So, for me, there was, for me, this is, for me, it was like action, actionable item. What are we going to do with it? Like, everyone heard, and we hear what you're saying, and everybody know, I agree with what you're saying. So, what are we going to do? You know what I'm saying? So, reach millions and millions of people, and or we get stuck on Colin not having a job. It's, you, you know what I'm saying? Sir, put it this way, but would you, would you kneel or would you stand? Yeah. Would I what? Would you kneel or would you stand? Um, okay, I think we've passed kneeling. Yeah, I think it's time to go into uh, actionable items. Do you want people to stop protesting? No, I don't want people to stop protesting at all. Kneeling, I, I, I know we're stuck on it because it's a real thing, but it's a form of protest. I support protests across the board. We need to bring light to the issue. I think everyone knows what the issue is, <laughs> and we're, we're done with that. We, 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 everyone knows what the, we, you know what the issue is? You know why we were kneeling? Okay. Do you know the issue? Yeah. Do you know the issue? Yes. We all know the issue now. Okay. Next. Where are we moving on next? And I'm not, again, so to be clear for the room, I'm not minimizing that part of it because that has to happen. That's a necessary part of the process. But now we all know what's going on. What are we going to do? How are we going to stop? Because the kneeling was not about a job. It was about injustice. Let me bring attention to injustice. Everyone's saying, how are you going forward and Cap doesn't have a job? This wasn't about him having a job. Right? That became part of it. That became part of the discussion. He was kneeling um, to bring attention to injustice. We know what it is. Now, how do we address that injustice? 
what's the way forward? Does anyone else in here, anyone have any other suggestions of what's the way forward? Everybody knows what it is now. It's time to move on from Neil and the captain more than just Neil. I mean, he was working with the communities and he was doing stuff beyond just bringing awareness to it. Why, why don't you bring him into this initiative? Do you plan to involve him? That, you have to ask him. I can't, I, I don't, I'm not his boss. I can't just bring him into something. He has to, that's, that's for him to say. And you speak about it as if it's in the past tense. You say he, he did more and he oh, was. Doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, know huh? No, your rights can't. Yeah, so he's currently doing action items, right? That's, that's his version of action item. This is our version of the action item. We all do different things and we all work differently for the same results. I don't knock what he's doing and hopefully he doesn't uh, knock what I'm doing. Have you talked to him about bringing him into this project? Uh, we, we had a conversation. So the thoughts there from Jay-Z meeting the press as Jay-Z was with Roger Goodell. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. The first thing that you look at is why. Why? Why is this happening? The second thing is, if you're wondering why something happens, you always look at the money first. Jay-Z's involvement is great for Rock Nation as a pseudo-executive producer for Halftime Acts, but never confuse activity with accomplishment. You know, Colin Kaepernick, Someone Jay-Z has supported in Kaepernick's fight against police brutality and social injustice in this country is now working with the machine that is keeping Kaepernick blackballed from the National Football League. Now, keep in mind, Kaepernick already signed off on his deal to get paid by the NFL owners, whatever it was, almost for his silence. When you think about it, let's look deep into the story that he's already got his money from the NFL. He wants to get back in the NFL, but he's already was able to get money from the NFL because of what's going on here. The position by Jay-Z helps his brand, no question. But does that bring more fans under the NFL tent? People are watching the NFL anyway. I don't care what numbers or what metrics that you see. There's going to be people on your social media that will say, I'm not watching the NFL because Colin Colin Kaepernick's on the NFL. I've heard talk show hosts say that on platforms like this, saying I'm not going to watch the NFL because Colin Kaepernick's not in the league. Colin Kaepernick did not have to take the money from the NFL, but he did take it. And I know, like you know deep down, that he was blackballed. He was blackballed like Craig Hodges was blackballed from the NBA, how Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf was blackballed by the NBA. I know it when I see it. There's no question about it. But the bottom line is, the question is, is Jay-Z the conduit between 32 NFL owners and the NFL players? How does this help the issues plaguing uh, our country and our neighborhoods? It's one thing to say, okay, great. So Jay-Z is in place. So that means that there's going to be acts that we haven't seen before at the Super Bowl, right? So does this mean that because Jay-Z has aligned himself with the NFL, that means that we'll see Migos? Does it mean that we'll see Future? Does it mean that we'll have Rihanna or Adele at the Super Bowl? And do you really watch the Super Bowl for the halftime acts? What, what's the draw, really? Why is this happening? What's the second act for Jay-Z in his alignment with the National Football League? We'll have our... NFL and Rock Nation discussion about this with Robert Latal as well as Selena Hill coming up in our next half hour. Jonathan Hood. Hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished. When I would ask the morning, I thought it was 
on ESPN 1000. Maybach Music. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm not his boss. I can't just bring him into something. He has to, that's, that's for him to say. And you speak about it as if it's in the past tense. You say he, he did more and he oh, was. Doing it, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, no, huh? No, your rights can't. Yeah, so he's currently doing action items. Right? That's, that's his version of action item. This is our version of the action item. We all do different things, and we all work differently for the same results. I don't knock what he's doing, and hopefully he doesn't uh, knock what I'm doing. Thoughts from Jay-Z on his press conference with Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the National Football League, as you're listening to Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights at 7 here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Glad you're with me. We'll have uh, summer of football coming up at the uh, top of the hour. Simeon Rice will be with the Chicago Zone getting his thoughts about some of the storylines around the National Football League. If you're just joining us, we're talking about Rock Nation, the NFL. Why is this happening? Why is it happening now? As we have our Rock Nation NFL roundtable with Selena Hill from BlackEnterprise.com. She is a digital editor for BlackEnterprise.com. She joins me right here on ESPN 1000. Selena, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Also, Robert Latall from uh, BSO.com from Black Sports Online. I uh, was part of our podcast from Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood, and uh, he joins us on this issue as well. Rob, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, no problem at all. Rob, let's start. Let, you know, Selena, let me start with you. What was your initial reaction to the partnership with the NFL and Rock Nation? You were in the room with Jay-Z and Roger Goodell for this event. So what was your initial reaction when you first heard the story? Yeah, so the news broke the day before that uh, exclusive press event took place. So um, a lot of us, um, I think that we were very surprised and very shocked. It wasn't until the press event where we actually got... Um, uh, we actually started to understand the details of this and the magnitude of it, how, you know, Jay-Z is going to be um, working hand-in-hand with artists, hand-selecting artists for Super Bowl, halftime show, as well as for other high-profile performances. But I would say during, um, you know, the conversation he had with Roger Goodell in that room, he put so much emphasis on the social justice initiative which is called Inspire Change. And, you know, hearing him really break it down, I, you know, after hearing him explain it, I truly believe that Jay-Z is doing this for the good and betterment of uh, humanity and to make a huge social impact. Rob, same same question. When you first heard, because we know that the disconnect that uh, Jay-Z had with uh, the NFL wearing Roger Goodell, wearing the uh, Kaepernick, Jersey on Saturday Night Live and, and supporting uh, Kaepernick. What do you think of this this collaboration now? Well, uh, I was surprised uh, as well, to be honest with you, because of uh, some of the things that Jay-Z has uh, done in the past. And uh, we've heard the record about how he said he didn't need the NFL. Uh, the things with Travis Scott, his support of Colin Kaepernick. Uh, so I, I must say it kind of came out the blue, and I was a little bit surprised uh, by it, uh, the more that I thought about it, and, and someone that has kind of followed Jay Z's career from the beginning, um, he kind of sees things in a little bit different, you know, view, uh, a little bit grander, a little bit bigger. Uh, you know, once that kind of came into light, uh, trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because of all the things that he has done for the culture uh, over the last two decades, you know, trying to give him the benefit of the doubt 
um, on this. But, you know, I do believe that the main issue really may not even be so much Jay-Z. Uh, it's just the public, uh, especially minorities, distrust of the motives of the NFL. Selena, um, what is Jay-Z and Rock Nation's motivation for this? What do you think the bottom line is? Um, you know, we can't really, I, I'll say what I speculate because, you know, I can't legislate or really get into people's hearts and minds. But I would say what I think is behind it, I think that after the NFL hasn't been doing the best when it comes to uh, the season's viewings, um, it had a really hard time trying to get A-list talents to perform at the Super last Super Bowl. Uh, there were reports that Cardi B turned it down, Rihanna turned it down. Um, I, I just think that it's very it's, – uh, the, uh, the NFL has been going through a lot of bad publicity, and it's no secret. I think that they decided to partner with Jay-Z because not only is he a hip-hop icon, he is a cultural icon. And his impact and what he says, his words, his endorsements, they go and they travel far. I think that as Jay-Z rapped back in 2018, when he said, I don't need the NFL, you need me. I think that they realized that. And I would not be surprised if they were the ones who were soliciting Jay-Z. Matter of fact, during that meeting, he actually said, when I first sat down with Roger Goodell, I told him, if this is about me performing, let's end this meeting right now. So he kept saying that it sounds like his motive, other hand, is to make real social impact and change. However, we cannot dismiss the fact that Jay-Z is also an entrepreneur, he is a businessman, and he is a mogul. He is a billionaire for a reason, because he's not afraid to go to the table to collaborate and work with people who may not have the same views as him or may not even be on the same political side as him. But to me, money has always uh, always been a large motive in what Jay-Z does. However, in recent years, he has shown us that making a social impact is also a strong part of his personal mission. So I think it's twofold for Jay-Z. I think it makes sense for him business-wise. I think he does want to make a huge social and cultural impact, and he probably believes that he's the person that could bridge the disconnect between the NFL and people of color who have been boycotting. That's, Sel- that's Selena Hill the, from BlackEnterprise.com, the digital editor, and also Robert Latal from BSO.com from Black Sports Online with Jonathan Hood on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Uh, Rob, we've heard for many years, like, historically, whether it's sports, whether it's politics, whatever it is, it's about trying to get a seat at the table. And then, for me, it's not about getting a seat at the table, but what you do when you're at the table. So how much will this partnership change the minds of the anti-Gadell crowd? Uh, not a lot, I'll be perfectly honest with you. It seems like the people that are, are locked in on, you know, how they feel about the NFL, how they feel about the owners, how they feel about uh, Roger Goodell, you know, that's not going to change. Uh, the people that are, are in that corner with Colin Kaepernick, um, I think the Colin Kaepernick situation had an opportunity to where they, if they would have said, hey, let's see how this works out, uh, let's give Jay-Z a chance, uh, I think maybe it would have been it, it would have been a little less uh, hectic as it is now. But you know when they come out strongly, Eric Reed uh, and Nessa uh, specifically, and kind of Colin Kaepernick in his own way indirectly, uh, stating that he's not happy with it. It's almost like people are being forced uh, to take sides. 
And, you know, I think, unfortunately, I think that's actually good for the NFL. Uh, because if we're bickering with each other about if Jay-Z is right, if Colin Kaepernick is right, we're not spending enough time speaking about Stephen Ross or Jerry Jones or the reason why Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job um, in the NFL. So if the NFL plan uh, was to use you know, Jay-Z as kind of a shield or a distraction, at least in the early going, um, that's exactly uh, what's taking place. And that's why I was a little kind of disappointed in how strongly – uh, Eric Reed and Nessa and others have come out against uh, Jay-Z, you know, with this because, I mean, we're literally 24 hours into it. Um, and it's, it's like if you, if you haven't picked a side, uh, there's not a lot of good discussion going on or kind of wait and see. It's like you either have to be on Jay-Z's side or you have to be on Colin Kaepernick's side. And there doesn't seem to be a middle ground. And, and that, like I said, that works uh, for the NFL because it takes – you know, our attention off of, of what they're doing, which is really what's been the problem for the entire time. Selena, as I mentioned before, I had you guys on for this roundtable that, you know, whether or not Cardi or Migos or Luda or uh, Future or Rihanna or, or Adele or whomever is going to be at the Super Bowl eventually, that doesn't, I don't know if that brings more fans to the NFL. I, I think that I think that if you are an NFL fan, you are, are definitely locked in no matter who the Super Bowl act is. Do you believe that better Super Bowl acts will do something uh, in a positive way for the NFL? Absolutely, because I feel like, you know, they're not just acts. You know, they're not just artists. They're huge cultural influences, especially all of the people that you named. And I think that when they endorse the NFL and some of the policies by simply showing up and being there, um, it can change some people's hearts and minds, some people who may be treading middle ground. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, not everybody has made such a, a very strong stance, but for those who and those who have not, it allows them to watch the Super Bowl and to watch the NFL feeling less guilty because there are some of us out there that, you know, haven't boycotted, but we're not vocally talking about, you know, watching and engaging in, in, in the game. So, yeah, I think it makes a difference. Absolutely. Um, uh, Rob, uh, same question, but along those lines, and you have the information I don't when it comes to the NFL. You've seen this on your social media, how many said that I'm not going to watch the NFL until Kaepernick comes back and I'm not going to watch it. But I think the numbers were sustainable last year, were they not? Yeah, I mean, that's a lie. Let, let's just be honest. The same, a lot of the same people that were have criticized uh, this Jay-Z situation or rightfully are upset that Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job or sitting right in front of their TV right now tweeting about, you know, the third-string quarterback or the backup right guard on these preseason games. So that's why I think in some instances with some people, uh, it's a little bit, you know, hypocritical, uh, some of their critiques, you know, on this. Um, you know, Eric Reed, you know, gets his checks and there's an NFL symbol, you know, on it. You know, no one says that he shouldn't work or he shouldn't get paid, you know, because Colin Kaepernick uh, doesn't have a job. No one says that you can't do both. You can't play for the NFL. You can't continue your social, you know, justice. Uh, so it seems a little hypocritical in the sense that um, a lot of people say these things, uh, make these judgments, but, you know, we're all watching, you know, the NFL. We're all watching the Super Bowl. We're all watching the playoffs. We, even though we may not have liked Maroon 5, we still watch the halftime uh, show. You know, I you know I've covered nine Super Bowls on site. You know, and people was asking when when this first Colin Kaepernick thing was happening was was you know you you can't do you shouldn't watch the NFL you shouldn't cover the NFL. But as I tell them, you know, uh, 
you know, who's going to pay the bills in my house? I'm a reporter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's my job. That's what I do. I, I report on, on sports. So, you know, it, it, I think sometimes we could have disagreements. Uh, you know, if I was Jay-Z, maybe, you know, I do a press conference like this. I'm not laughing and giggling it up with, you know, with Roger Goodell. I think that's bad optics. So I think, I think you can have disagreements. You can say, I wish we could do it this way or that way, you know, but we have to be able to understand that, you know, everyone, if you're trying to do something positive, we at least have to let that play out and see how it works. And, you know, if you're not doing anything besides tweeting, you know, then what are you really, you know, doing? You know, you, what is your actionable item? Selena, uh, last thing. Um, I like what you said on Instagram, on your Instagram at Miss uh, Selena Hill about securing the bag for Jay-Z, where it's more than just the money. It's just like if you're going to lend your time to the NFL for not only for the music piece, but also for social injustice and secure the bag. I will ask you this, though. Is the partnership in place? Because we, we know the music end. I think that's clear. But we also t- his title now is twofold. So I'll ask you this. Is the partnership in place to increase awareness of social injustice uh, or turn a blind eye to it based on Jay-Z's kind of new role now with the NFL? I'm sorry, can you just repeat that last part? Is the, the is the partnership in place to increase awareness of social justice? Oh. With is it, That's the, the big question because we know about the music end, but now right. he also has to be that, trying to be that conduit with players and the NFL and have a better relationship. At least that's, that's what it is on the surface. Yeah, well, in addition to just increasing awareness around uh, social justice issues, um, from my understanding, what this partnership is going to do is it's going to actively support players and their causes directly in their communities. So they're going to literally be empowering and uplifting players to go back into the communities and to make the changes that they think need to be done. So basically what Roger Goodell explained is, okay, we understand why Colin Kaepernick was was taking a knee and why players continue to take a knee. What can I do? What can the NFL, what can the NFL do to uh, change those issues within the community? And that's the role Jay Z is also going to be playing um, as a part of the social justice initiative. Rob, I'll let you wrap on that. What do you think of that? Um, I think, you know, actions is better than words. And, And honestly, just kind of my final thing on it was, if the NFL can make, you know, their, their life so much easier, if there's someone just gave Colin Kaepernick an opportunity. Um, I mean, I just saw the Eagles are probably down to one quarterback now. I mean, I see uh, Nate Peterman and, and Blaine Gabbert, you know, still in the league, Matt Schaub, you know, awful quarterbacks. And, you know, they could eliminate a lot of this back-and-forth discussion if they just would give, you know, him an opportunity because then no one can use that against them when they're talking about the positive things that they say uh, that they're trying to do. So I, I get what Jay-Z is trying to do. We, I mean, we, it, it's, we can't just sit around and say, well, Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job. We're not going to do anything. Uh, we're not going to accept anything from the NFL. Uh, you got to do something. Uh, but the NFL could definitely make it easier on everyone if they were to give him an opportunity. There is uh, Robert Latal from BSO.com from Black Sports Online and Selena Hill from BlackEnterprise.com, the digital editor for that fine magazine and uh, digital space. I appreciate you all coming on. This is a really good uh, conversation and good topic. And again, time will tell. We got to continue to watch how Jay Z and Roger Goodell break bread together. It'll be very fascinating. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you appreciate so much. It. Absolutely. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we have one question next. <laughs> 
Jonathan Hood. Photo shoot fresh, looking like wealth. I'm about to call a paparazzi on myself. On ESPN 1000. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We'll have summer football coming your way after Sports Center. We'll hear from Chicago's own Simeon Rice. He's going to be on the program. Get his thoughts about the NFL for summer of football right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. And don't forget, Tales from the Hood, stories of sports, entertainment, everything else in between. Well, you know, we are on weeknights at 7, and sometimes people don't have time for a full conversation, long-form conversation, but they sometimes have time for at least one question. You guys lose this game or did the Jazz win this one? Time for one question. What? With Jonathan Hood. Bro, what are you talking about, man? One. Just one question. Oh, there's one more thing. On ESPN 1000. It is time for one question right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I told Sean, go through your address book on your phone. Go through it. Find the A's. Nope. Go through the A's, the C's. Go through the L's. Go through the J's. I said, wait right there. J, 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 A, Y. I said, right there. Comedian, actor, former pro wrestler, Jay Washington, Chicago Zone, joins me here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. What's up, Jay? I'm good, man. Actually, you can re-add uh, back to pro-, pro wrestler. I'm back in the ring now. With who? Uh, so far, I've done a couple shows with Underground Empire Wrestling out here. I'm doing WrestleFest 2 for Amped Up Wrestling in October. I'm talking to some other people. So, yeah, man, I've, on top of everything else, I've added the luxury of being back in the ring full time. Any Any light tubes? No? Okay. Okay, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> this this face is on TV. No, okay. there will not be that. I just want to make sure that you're not going through a pane of glass in the opening match. Because, um, you know, that gets over. Um, you got to come back on the show, man, because I have some wrestling uh, thoughts for you. We need to share some wrestling thoughts on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Can we make that happen? I- Absolutely. I'll be coming home pretty soon. So when I'm coming home, I'm going to make sure I'm going to hit Sean up and I'm definitely there. Okay. I love that because it's overdue. I want to ask you about some things going on in wrestling for sure. But uh, because you don't have time for a full conversation, sir, you do have time for one question. So the one question I would have for you is this. From your time on stage or your time acting, who was the person that you were starstruck by the most and why? Uh, the person I was starstruck most by was Dave Chappelle when we were in Chirac because the night before I was always under the impression that it was going to be Chris Rock. And then I got the call sheet and I saw my name and then Dave Chappelle's right under it. Mm-hmm. And I remember being in the overhead home and calling my daughter's mom and was like, oh, my God, you was not going to believe this. Girl, listen. She was like, wait, who is this? I was like, you saw who number came up. It is me. She was like, why do you sound like a, a beautician? I was like, because I feel like one right now. And I remember getting on set. I remember going into the hair and makeup trailer, and I'm sitting next to Wesley Snipes getting hair and makeup done, and Spike Lee walks in, and he tells Wesley, he's like, what's up? You see who on the schedule today? Wesley was like, who? He like Dave Chappelle. So Wesley's like, oh, okay, cool. Spike looked at me, and he was like, yo, I already know, Jay. Calm down. So I got to play it off. I'm looking at Spike like, yo, I'm good, fam. I'm okay. Let's do this. We, we set up the scene, the scene that everybody sees in Chirac that Dave Chappelle is in. Yeah. Dave walk on set, and Spike come to everybody. He was like, yeah, Dave is here. He was like, Jay, just calm down. I'm like, hey, man, I'm good. Let's work. I know my line. 
in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh my god, 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 we film this scene and we go back and forth. And at some point, like the lines originally were just Wesley Snipes and Dave Chappelle, and so they were doing it. And then at some point, Spike was like, Jay, just jump in there. I was like, all right, bet. So it goes Wesley, Dave, Wesley, Dave, me, me, Wesley, Wesley, Dave, me and Dave, me and Dave. And I just started firing off jokes. I got him to break laughing twice. In the back of my mind, I was like, thank you, God. I was like, yes. <laughs> and so after that, we became kind of cool. You know, we exchanged numbers, which to this day, I still look in my phone like it's an ex-girlfriend. Like, I should call him. I doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> yeah you you're a little extra you're a little extra oh, there hey man you beat dave Chappelle finally and you like oh my god i get to work with somebody who i think is the greatest you would lose i felt like jamie fox every time he saw a gun when he passed out like oh my lord jesus that is literally how i felt <laughs> That, and that is one question right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We got to get Jay back on. He's got, oh, I know he's got some some great stories. Time now for station identification. Man. Live from the first Midwest Bank studios on State Street, you are listening to ESPN 1000.